Welcome to episode 15 of the Carnism Debunk podcast. Today I have Lee Stewart on the show. Lee is an animal rights activist in the London scene who I've done activism with numerous times and he's also a business owner who's managed to leave routine work life behind and as he puts it be his own boss. So I'm hoping this episode is an interesting listen uh, for those of you who wish to do uh, the same as him one day. So we're going to discuss that as well as some vegan issues today but anyhow Lee welcome to the show. Hiya, mate. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Good to have you on. So uh, talk to me about how you built your business and what it is that you do. Tell us about your business and how that all started. Um, okay, so obviously it's a quite a long story. So I'll try and break it down as, as small as I can into little bit little chunks. Um, it all started in 2012, so it was about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working as an engineer at Caterpillar in, Pe- in Peterborough, where I lived at the time. Um, and I'd been a mechanic for about five years before that as well. I've been an engineer for about five years. Um, and I was just getting really fed up, to be honest. I was sick of the job. Um, it wasn't a bad paid job don't get me wrong but it wasn't particularly exciting it wasn't fulfilling and I was just getting very depressed shall we say with uh, the way that it was going and the way that I could see my life going Um, so I was getting itchy feet I knew there was something I wanted to do I was getting sick of the corporate world I was doing uh, shifts as well a lot so I used to do 12 hour night shifts 12 hour day shifts with a very quick turnaround in between um, which wasn't doing good for my health, as you probably know, working night shifts as well. It's just not very nice having to do those kind of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to change, basically. I was getting fed up. And I was having a conversation with my girlfriend at the time, my girlfriend's uh, brother-in-law. And he worked for a property investing company based in Peterborough. Uh, but they also did training on how to become a property investor. And he explained to me the basic simple principle of buying a property that's run down uh, doing it up and then remortgaging, pulling the money back out and then being able to recycle that money and go again and get another property, which tickled my fancy. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty interesting. And he explained that he, that's what he did basically for this company in Peterborough. Um, and we got talking and he said that there was a, an event on a few weeks down the line that that company, the company he worked for was doing a big sort of promotional training event. It was three days long. Uh, it was at Wembley. And he said, if you want, I can try and get you on the volunteer list. So you don't have to pay anything. Come along for the three days. Um, you get all your food paid for, hotels, et cetera, et cetera. And you got to help out, obviously, putting stuff away, et cetera. But you get to go along to the event for free. And I was like, brilliant. Um, he also said I'd get to see and touch the FA Cup. And being a big football fan, I was like, okay, that's mm-hmm. all the motivation that I need. I was like, great, I'll get to go to Wembley for free. And I get to hold the FA Cup. Um, so I went along. And I did get to hold the FA Cup, got a picture of that. I was very happy. But at the end of the three days, I was just blown away by all of these different stories, inspiring stories of people that had basically started their own business and become their own boss and built a property business from virtually no money, most of them. And I learned about all the different strategies that you could do. And I was just blown away. I often felt like probably like you and most people listening that when to become a property investor, you've got to have money you got to be rich. Being a property investor is only for the rich and the wealthy. So I was blown away by listening to these people that had done it with virtually no money. And it kind of snowballed on from there. After that event, I went along to more of the events that they run. I was reading books, going to uh, webinars. I went on some training courses. And I just got a real thirst for wanting to learn more about property because mm. it was making me think this is probably what I could do. I could create something and be my own boss and um, yeah, do whatever I want. Um, then in 
2013, April 2013 was a big turning point for me because I, I've been learning about property for about, I don't know, six, seven months. Um, and I put up a advert on the internal internet at the uh, engineering company I was working at. And it was advertising rooms. I was just trying to build up some uh, interest for potentially some rooms that I was going to try and get hold of. I didn't have any at the time, but I was just doing some things. And my manager caught wind that it was me that put it up. And he come down to my desk and he sacked me there and then on the spot. Um, his, his words were something along the lines, if you think you can build a property business on my time, you've got another thing coming, pack your bag. Um, and because, <laughs> and because <laughs> I, was, uh, I was a contractor, so I'd been a contractor for like five years. I wasn't very happy about the fact that I was a contractor. I'd missed up on quite a few permanent jobs. But because I was, he could do that. And I didn't have anything to fall back on. I didn't have a leg to stand on. So I left. Um, and I sat in the car park that afternoon, shitting myself. I was like, fucking hell, I've got a mortgage. I've got bills to pay for. Uh, I had a girlfriend at the time. I was like, what am I going to do? Do I go back to being a mechanic? Because I know I could do that. I did that job. Again, wasn't a bad job. It didn't set me on fire. Um, or do I try and build something from scratch like this property business that I'm learning so much about? Thankfully, I decided to go and start that business. My The boss, to be fair, gave me the kick up the ass that I needed. Um, I had some savings and I had also, uh, thankfully, on my mortgage, I had an insurance policy where if I got made redundant, my insurance was, or my mortgage payments were covered for a certain period of time. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use my savings and I'm going to go head first into trying to build a property business. Six months later, pleased to say, I managed to get my first property, which was a rent to rent, which long and short of it is, I was renting the property from an owner and then I was renting it out on a room by room basis. Mm -hmm. That property was making me about £800 a month. Um, so I managed to get that, got the ball rolling. It wasn't another, it was, well, say about six months later that I managed to get my second and third. I could have done that much quicker, but I was just going through some personal period, uh, personal issues that time. I split with my girlfriend and I went back into working. I worked for Yodel <laughs> yeah. um, from December, I think this was, just because uh, I needed to keep myself busy. I wasn't in a very good place at the period in time. And this one property wasn't really giving me enough things to do. So I went and worked for Yodel and then I managed to get my second and third property while I was working for Yodel, actually, um, in March and April. Again, they were both paying me £800 a month. So I was making just under two and a half grand a month from those three houses. And then I quit Yodel in July. So I was only there yeah. six months. It was only, only going to be a temporary thing. Um, and I was earning more money from that than working at Yodel. And that was it, really. It just snowballed on from there. I got work with a business partner. We got another, I think I got eight rent to rent. I did something called service accommodation, which is like Airbnb. Um, we started doing training of our own. We did a commercial conversion, which was a block of offices that we converted into flats. We started doing new build development um, and we just went on and on and on from there, basically. And um, yeah, that was 2013. Then in 2017, I wasn't very happy with the way the business was going. Basically, what I felt like I kind of got out of one job, but I was now getting into another one. I was working all the time. Um, and that's not why I got into property. Originally, why I got into property was passive income, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of work once and get paid over and over for it that's what property does mm -hmm. um so i kind of lost my way a little bit with all these things that was going on uh stopped working my business partner went off on my own and just went back to what i do now which is house shares and buying my own properties um and then that's where i am today so currently we manage 14 i say we it's my me and my mum we yeah. manage um 13 soon to be 14 house shares hmos as they're called which is house of multiple occupancy 
um, seven of which are owned by my business partners, seven of which are owned by me. Um, and it generates enough money to pay me and my mum, and we don't have to answer to anyone. Yeah, so that sounds like you've put a lot of work into that. How do you manage to balance running a business while being an animal rights activist at the same time? Or is it just the case now that you're really flexible with your own hours and it's just like you, you find that you actually have more time to be an activist than you would have done before? Well, I, I got kind of lucky, if I'm honest, because I didn't go vegan until 2017. So this was all kind of, I was gaining momentum and building this before I was even vegan. So I wasn't an activist, yeah. um, to be honest. So, uh, but it was hard work. The first years, as any business, when you're trying to start out, you have to plow your, your heart and soul into it, blood, sweat and tears and all that. Um, so I, I didn't plan on it, but the way it happened, ultimately I become vegan in 2017. I then changed the angle of my business and went off and did my own thing and it freed up a lot of my time. So I kind of just fell into being an activist a lot more because my business had got to a stage where I was leveraging, systemizing everything. Um, and now, you know, it's different when we're buying houses because we're just going through a purchase at the minute. So I'm, I am busier than usual at the moment. But mm -hmm. if we've not got much to do, if we've only got a couple of rooms to fill, because we've got 84 rooms, I think it is. If I've only got a couple of rooms to fill, me and my mum, it only takes me, let's say, a couple of hours a day, four days a week, probably is what roughly I have to work. Mm. Um, the rest of the time I can go and do what I want, which used to be activism. But um, since March 2020 and going into lockdown, um, I haven't really done any activism since then. Obviously, it was hard for any of us to do activism because of the lockdown and everything that's gone on. Um, but before then, 2017, 18, 19, I was doing loads of activism right up until lockdown, actually. I was with Animal Rebellion right up until the very day, even as it happened, actually. What was they called? Uh, Pause the System. I was yeah. part of Pause the System, even that was as lockdown was happening, we were, I was helping to do that. So um, I was in a good place where I could do loads of activism and I've got my business there in the background working away, paying me and I don't have to do much to keep it going. Yeah. Do you have tips specifically for vegans of all people to start a business? Um, it depends what the business is, right? And it depends. It depends if you want to be a business owner, like mm -hmm. a lot of people say they want to be, but uh, I don't know if you've heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, but he talks yeah. about this a lot. Um, he talks about being self-aware and you're not everybody wants to be a business owner. It's, it's not easy. It's not for the faint hearted. There is a lot of um, cons, shall we say, and drawbacks to it. It's not all plain sailing. Um, but if you want to be your own boss, if you want to build something, then um, with regards to one of the things I had to do at the start was detach myself from the peer group I was around at the time. Because mm. one thing I learned about the property world at the start, they always used to say the nuts and bolts of it are easy. We can teach you how to invest in property. That's not the difficult part. The hard part is getting the right mindset because you're going to get setbacks. You're going to get people that basically tell you you can't do it. You're going to get things go wrong. But it's having the right mindset to keep going and believing that you can do it because a lot of people give up. And that's where a lot of people fail. It's on the mindset. It's not on yeah. the how to do it. So any tips for people? Again, if you do want to build a business, it's just getting stuck in getting the right people around you, learning from people that have done it um, and just not giving up. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who wants to find, like, like I, what, I guess what I'm about to get at is, do you think there's a certain gap in the vegan market that if someone was to set up a business specifically in the vegan realm, 
you would say this would be the best idea would it be like a vegan restaurant a vegan plant-based meat company a vegan event thing like what would you recommend would be the thing to go for for someone who wanted to set up a vegan business it's hard to say isn't it i mean i've thought about this quite a bit like would i what would i invest in Mm -hmm. um if i had the money or could find the money to invest in something i think there's a lot of obviously vendors and food vendors out there now um there's probably not that many events out there like i know um, a guy called jp who does a lot of events uh, in and around london but i think that there's possibly a bit of a gap in the market for that there was vegan nights but they fell off the radar for a long time and they're not particularly a vegan company so to speak they're not run by vegan people mm. so there could be a bit mm. of a gap there but um yeah it, it's it's hard to say isn't it because the main thing you want to do when you become vegan is you want to be an activist yeah um, but how do you build a business around being an activist it's <laughs> it's difficult to know like yeah I, I often used to think this with animal rebellion because when i was there um i was pretty much full-time as well but there was a lot of people there that were also full-time but they were um reliant upon sort of housing that's supplied by the organization and i did often used to think god how great would it be if you know the people here were not blowing my own trumpet, but were like me in a sense where they had something financially backing them up, where they were taken care of financially, and then they could put all their time and effort into it, and they haven't got to worry about finding money or taking money from the organisation to keep themselves going, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, if they've got something that is keeping them going, they haven't got to worry about taking it elsewhere. One thing that I learned at the start was well, from a life coach. Actually, I had a life coach for a number of years again mm. while I was starting this property business, but he said. Um, you can't help the weak if you are weak yourself. You know, you can't, the poor can't help the poor. You've got to, you've got to basically get yourself in shape, get your house together, get your shit together. And then you can go out and really make a difference in the world and really affect positive change. If you've got yourself together rather than kind of, you know, fumbling through things and trying to keep your head above water yourself or try and get food on the table yourself. If you can put the effort in at the start to get yourself strong, then you can really give strong. And that really resonated with me. Yeah, that kind of ties into what I was going to ask you, actually. I was going to say to you, is it important that vegans are successful? And if so, how does that relate to animal rights? I mean, if all, as I just kind of said, if all vegans were successful Mm. and every business that we started became successful, money makes the world go around, whether you like it or not. So the more money that we have in this movement, the better, whether that's going towards keeping businesses going or not just going, but thriving and helping them grow. So it spreads the vegan word, whether that's giving more money to activists. Like I give to patrons now, like my patron account, I give to activists and I give to sanctuaries. I mean, yeah. you know, there's everyone's up for debate as to how much you want to give to each, but I've always split it. I always give exactly the same amount to patron, uh, to activists and to sanctuaries. So the more money you can create, the more money you can give, right? The more money mm. you can give to people that are going out there and being activists, the more money you can give to sanctuary. So the more money you're creating this movement, the better it's going to be for all of us. So the, yeah, the, the, the more business that can thrive, the better it is for everyone that's involved in the movement, whether you're an activist or whether you run a sanctuary. You're 100% right, because this is a point I made on a post ages ago, right? I want vegans to be out of the quote-unquote rat race. I don't know if that's a species term or not to you. Because, you know, we're like, you know, I I see complaints about, you know, oh, look at this person who's done doing full-time activism. He's just mooching off other people's money while he does this. It's like, wait, 
What do you do? You not want? But where where do you want him working? Do you want him working yeah. in fucking Tesco's instead, stacking the trolleys, or do you want him being paid to actually be out on the streets making changes for animals? But it's good that we also have people like you who are happy doing what they do, like successful in a business separate from veganism, who can you know actually donate to sanctuaries and donate to those activists as well. And it yeah. just goes to show, like, you need that balance in the movement. But we uh, ultimately, we do need money in the movement, don't we? Otherwise, how can it how can it even function in a world that's that, like we're up against one of the most powerful entities there is in animal agriculture? Right. You think of the money they have. How on earth can we ever compete with them if we don't have it ourselves? 100 percent, 100 percent. And people like like yourself um i'm a patron to jack I'm sure you know jack he was um he did a lot of cubes in a square uh, humane hancock i think yep, that's the yep. name isn't it humane yep. hancock um, <laughs> but people like him people like ed um even joe carbstrong i know he has a bit of a different approach but i want all those activists out there on the street doing what they're doing because they're fucking good at it and they're opening yeah. people's minds up i don't want them stuck in tesco doing a no. nine to five like i want <laughs> <laughs> you know what and what's it matter if we all chip in and give these people 20 30 quid a month we get because it doesn't take a lot you know you only need a couple of grand probably a month and that's probably going to be enough to substitute what you were earning from a job and then you can get out there and do your, your work full time and you can think of ways of doing it look how much ed has grown over the last few years and how much his activism has exploded so yeah yeah like we need to get off this like, mindset we have of money is bad because we need money in this movement and if if people are, uh, like you say, either it's like me, where you're creating money from elsewhere and then you're putting it back into the community, whether it is through donations or whether it is your time, as I said, like I was giving a lot of my time to Animal Rebellion, yeah. um, then it can only be a good thing. Yeah, 100%. And, and what do you make of the claim that, um, you know, oh, this is like, doing this kind of stuff is capitalism and it feeds into like the uh, and the idea that capitalism is bad i mean i'm sure everyone can agree that like no financial system is perfect right every single thing no. has flaws right including whether it's socialism whether it's capitalism but what do you yeah. make of the idea that like doing this kind of stuff or setting up a vegan business for example that was just for profit that's capitalism and that's bad what do you make of that i mean i'm you know i think most of us are against capitalism but i didn't become vegan because capitalism i'm vegan for the animals right so mm. i'm just a bit a bit blinking in that sense i'm like whatever it is that helps us grow this movement and help as many animals as quickly as we can then that's yeah. the route we should be taking like what what more can we what can we do about capitalism at the minute like yeah that is a big a big thing to tackle to try and change whereas getting activists out on the street mm. so they can talk to people is something we can do like now so why wouldn't we do that um yeah <laughs> this is interesting because you're you're a business owner yourself but it sounded there to me like you do see a lot of flaws with capitalism and you don't think it's particularly an ideal system. Is it the case that then maybe you just think, look, this is this is the capitalist world. This is the game we have to play. Is that your sort of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to an extent. Yeah. Like this is what this is. These are the cards we've been dealt at the moment. So sort of thing. So let's just use them and play with them the best we can. Yeah. Uh, and sort of take tackle one thing at a time. At the moment, the thing that we all want to tackle is trying to get as many people to go vegan as quick as we can. So let's just use what tools we've got at our disposal to to deal with that. 
Yeah. And how do you think that money in the movement should be prioritized? Because I see a lot of squabbling here. I see a lot of people say, yeah, you should I mean... send money to this instead of that. You should do this instead of that. How, how, how would you respond to that? So th there is no right answer to this. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know the right answer because I don't, because we can't say we should definitely do it this way. Or we should definitely do it that way. My, my sort of take on it has always been um, like from a, because I used to, it was a lot of issue with um, thing, people like Joey Carbstrong, um, James Aspie, Earthling Ed. A lot of the issue was they're getting given money and then people are like, oh, that could be going to sanctuaries. Mm -hmm. uh, for me personally, I think they're both just important. And I say, I'm a patron for both. I send money to people like Jack and I send money to sanctuaries like Tower Hill and Friends um, Sanctuary in London. So yeah. I personally split my money down the middle because I think, the sanctuaries do a great job of taking care of the animals that are already here. Obviously, we need them. And sanctuaries are great for um, potentially taking non-vegan people there and opening their eyes up to seeing the animals that we actually eat as opposed to you never actually see them anywhere else. So yeah. going and seeing them happy, but also it's great for obviously us vegans to go somewhere and see what potentially it could be like if we we're in a vegan world and there's animals taken care of everywhere. But also from the activist perspective they're in my mind they're helping the animals of tomorrow so to speak they're helping there be less animals bred into the world so they're both important i feel like sanctuaries are important to help the animals today activists yeah. are great for helping the animals in the future or hopefully to prevent the animals being bred in the future there's no right or wrong way like we it all needs to keep going the businesses that are out there whatever kind of vegan business they are they need to keep going as well so it's it's hard to prioritize i don't think there is a right or wrong answer ideally we want it all to to keep going as big and as strong as it can and like we said before the way to do that is to get more money into the movement so we can give more to these people yeah i, I there's there's obviously a mentality within the vegan movement that needs to change because you see these posts that say support sanctuaries not saviors support <laughs> you know support <laughs> this not that and shouldn't it shouldn't we just instead of the not shouldn't we change that to and shouldn't it be support and. sanctuaries and the activists they're called saviors shouldn't it be support oh. vegan businesses and support vegan non-profits i don't get why there's this sort of crabs in a bucket mentality of like oh well this group isn't getting funding therefore we shouldn't fund this group oh, either yeah, yeah. You know, i mean again i'm not going to pretend that i've got the answers if anyone says that we shouldn't be um giving money or funding activists and it should all go to sanctuaries but like, okay but tell me why like like we've just gone through great examples of great activists then we've just said we don't want them working in tesco's nine to five surely mm -hmm. you're the same like what, what's your mentality around that surely you understand that we need those people out there creating the, the content that they do to open up people's eyes so I, you know, I'm open to hearing the discussions and talking to people about it, but I don't understand why you wouldn't want those people doing what they're doing. Why do you want them stuck in Tesco's? That's not. It, <laughs> it's crazy to me, especially as a lot of the people who raise this problem claim to be anti-capitalist. It's like, wait, you would rather that someone was working for like a mega conglomerate like Microsoft or Tesco yeah. or Apple or whatever yeah, it is, yeah, some yeah. massive corporation 
how is that anti-capitalist? That's that's yeah. what the most capitalist thing you can do is say, I don't want someone to be paid in the third sector doing activism. I want someone working for Sainsbury's or Tesco or Microsoft, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, look, there's a lot of, this was a while ago now, but I remember there being, I try to stay out a lot of this stuff to be honest, because it's very draining, but the whole, <laughs> uh, the whole James Aspie thing, patron, because I think he was, he went on holiday or something a few times. So he was traveling or something like that. And people were going nuts at him. Yeah. Um, and I was always of the opinion, I was like, if, if you don't donate to him, then why are you getting so pissed off? If you donate to him and you're getting annoyed by it, just stop donating to him. Yeah. Like you can this, control this, how simple. you spend. Yeah. A hundred percent. And if you, if you don't like what he's doing, well, that, that's fine. But why do people like slate everybody? So, and just because you're making money doesn't mean that you can't go and enjoy your fucking self. Like, I understand there's going to be a hang up <laughs> if you're getting donations from like Jack, for example. Yeah. If, if I see Jack go on holiday, I'm not going to be texting and going, mate, you're taking a piss. Like, <laughs> I, I send you money. Fuck you doing going on holiday. Like, mate. It's, it's, I give that money to him. A bill of his I'm expenditures like... at the bar and everything. Every, <laughs> every drink he's bought. Exactly, yeah. I give, that, I give that money to him. Just the same as what I do with sanctuaries. I give that money to them because I trust them to do the right thing. Yeah. And if they want to take themselves on holiday, if I see Mandy and Mark, for example, from Friend going on holiday, there is no way, same thing, I'm going to be getting in touch with them and going, what are you doing? Why isn't that money going towards the sanctuary? Yeah. Like, I trust those people to make the right decision. And if there was yeah. ever anything that I was like, mm, not sure about that, I would do the right thing, which is to contact them directly and say, look, what's this, this and this about? Rather than just judging people, jumping online and start slagging people off all yeah. over all over social media. Because that's that, again, that's not productive. That's not going to help anybody. Yeah. And that's another thing, right? Um, it's like we deserve a break. We need a break sometimes. <laughs> we're, we're human, right? I, I, it's like some of these people want us to be miserable. It's like I know we're trying to stop a Holocaust from going on. And so we should be active in stopping that. But at the same time, the severity of this Holocaust, it also means it is unfortunately mentally draining and exhausting for us. And we do deserve to actually smile sometimes in our shitty lives, you know, trying to trying to fix this. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think um, I think burnout is very real in this movement, more so than anything, because it's such an emotional subject for all of us. Because we see the the terrible shit that we put animals through, um, it gets it hits you hard, doesn't it? And you want to do as much as you can to stop it. Um, but burnout is real. Like I've experienced it. I've seen other activists go through it as well, where you're just going for it and trying and trying and doing stuff, um, and it becomes. Not, it's never enjoyable, really, but you do need to have some kind of um, celebrate the victories, if you like, and have a sense that you're actually getting somewhere and you're doing something. I think one of the reasons why I've kind of struggled to get back into activism in the last 18 months is because of just how much it was taking up my time and how sapping it was and how depressing it could also be sometimes, not just from the hard work that we're doing, but also sometimes from the people in the movement itself, in the movement that you're meant to be on the same side and you're meant to be in the trenches with and yet you still got people in this movement that are not happy or angry at you or that the organization you work for that was one thing i found with animal rebellion so much negativity from activists who mm. you know i'd done activism with um it's just a shame that that's that also contributes to burnout it doesn't come from just the activism itself it comes from the people that we also do the activism with or in the movement with us 
Yeah, it's like it seems that at the moment we we face more issues from each other than we do from the fucking meat, dairy, and egg industry. It's like we're our own worst enemies. Hundred percent, it is fucking stupid, isn't it? Like again, there's no right or wrong way to do this. I've always kind of said this, where it's just just do what you can, and let's all just help each other and stop being so judgy. If you don't like what someone else is doing, then don't follow them, or you know, you just don't support them just let them but then don't actively try and shit on them and put them down you know i never got that concept if you're not happy about the way someone's doing their actors and then you just leave it yeah and, and you know this <laughs> is uh there's obviously a very current controversy that i think we we should definitely discuss we can't be having this discussion and not bring this up right <laughs> so yeah definitely what what do you make of the recent criticisms about the vegan camp out for anyone who doesn't know it's the festival that takes place every year and it has some controversies at the moment, which I think are inconsistent anyway, regarding like the land it's being used on, which is used for non-vegan activities. But because um, all events, essentially all vegan events do take place on such land. But, you know, there's these criticisms that, you know, it's profiteering and this is bad because, oh, you know, you're all you're doing when you're buying a ticket for the camp out is you're you're just doing it. To, to, it's for profit. It's not for veganism. And like, what do you think are the motivations behind these criticisms? And what do you make of these criticisms? And what why are they happening? I mean, I've seen I, I went to the camp out in 2017, which was the second one. I'm not sure when you when you first went to it, but it was, it was only the second one. And there was, oh, I don't know, there was only five, six. 600-ish, maybe a 1,000. I don't know, the very most people there. It was a few um, thousand at 2017. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Was it? Was it? Okay. Um, but it was still quite small. Like, you could tell this was a new thing. Yeah. Um, but even then, there was... I remember being criticized. There's always been criticism of camp out. It's always happened. Um, yeah. And I, it, it annoys me because... when So when I first went in 2017... Um, it was a bit of a shit show in some aspects. Was you there for 2017? Yeah, well, I remember the, the food stall. So I thought, exactly it was, it. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant, apart from maybe like the parking distance and also the food stall saga. Like they underestimated maybe the number of food stalls needed. And also on top of that, um, I think a, f a fair few food vendors pulled out like on the week, like maybe five or so, which just cocked things up. Yeah. So there was there was that there was it was a long walk where you park your car with <laughs> yeah. heavy bags, fucking heavy bags for like yeah. a half hour walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a two hour queue to get some food. And I think both uh -huh. tents were right next to each other. So you could hear the other one sometimes when someone speaking was next to it if i remember yeah. was that that one it might have been that one so yeah, there was yeah. a lot that was just wrong with it but i still <laughs> fucking loved that camp out in it was 2017 yeah. because it was my first one i'd only been vegan for four months and i was in a bit of a lonely depressing place because yeah like most of us when you go vegan you don't have people around you you're not that fortunate so to go yeah. to a festival like that where i met loads of other people um, it was exactly what I needed. And it, it, it spurred me on to keep going. I wasn't on my own. So you, you let those things slide. I didn't mind that it was, you know, a trek to the car or it took ages to get food because I could see that it was being ran by vegans. It was at a vegan festival, for Christ's sake, with vegan yep. vendors. Um, so I was like, I don't care if it's been a bit shit in places. It's obviously new. It's the only thing like it going in the country. So I want to support it and I want it to carry on. Yeah. But where do these... 
these criticisms that oh it's for profiteering and stuff where, where do you think this is coming from why do you think people are having this problem because they don't say that about a vegan cafe like if someone runs a vegan cafe people say oh let's support that which a vegan yeah. cafe isn't for vegan it's for profit that's why someone yeah. sets up a vegan cafe so why are they singling yeah. out the camp out for this well i I can empathize with with Camp Out and with Jordan with this because when I was starting my own business, my own property business, again, like I said to you, I had to change the peer group I was around because unfortunately I wasn't around the right kind of people. And this isn't just necessarily to do with the vegan community, but society in general. Like we we get envious when we see the rich, the famous, or the successful, or when we see other people being successful. There's that meme that's mm. out there that says, if you post on social media, you got a promotion, you get 200 likes. If you post that you started your own business, you get two likes. Like people don't necessarily like to see others being successful because we have a bit of a hang up, I think, where if we see someone making money or becoming successful, we kind of feel like that's taking stuff off the table for us. But there's enough opportunity and enough stuff out there in the world, including money, where we could all be successful. And it's not like we're against each other, especially not when it's something completely different, like a camp out, like a festival. That's not in competition with me or probably with anybody out there because there is no other vegan festival out there. So it, ultimately, it comes down to ego and people feeling like they're probably not doing enough for whatever reason, or they just get jealous that someone else is doing well. And it, they they don't like it, but like I said, I I had that at the start where I was getting some some properties, some movement, and then I'd have people saying, "Oh, you're just like um, you're a, a terrible landlord, or you know you're um, you're one of the reasons why I can't buy a house and all that kind of shit." I'm like, "No, you can't buy a house. It's you. It's not down to me. Don't blame your problems yeah. on me, etc." But um, I think a lot of the time it does come down to jealousy, doesn't it? And people, yes, unfortunately, have a hang-up. They have an ego, and they don't like to see other people doing well, even if it's something like um, a vegan a festival, a campout, because campout does so much good for so many people. Like it does. I can't yeah. even like it's just it's ridiculous. Like I'm speaking to a friend of mine. He doesn't um, go to campout anymore because he, he lives in another country. But he used to say he was a vendor. And he said that that by far, Camp Out was by far their most profitable weekend. It was like the backbone of holding their business up. The amount of money they would make from two days of Camp Out surpassed yeah. anything they would do for the rest of the year. So it's keeping certain vegan food vendors going, vegan businesses going. It inspires people to be activists. When I went 2017, that's when I first met or saw James Aspie. And yeah. his talk blew me away. And that spurred me on to go and do more activism or to yeah. become an activist. I wasn't even doing activism at that point. It was his talk that made me become an activist. <laughs> and you can't tell me that that doesn't happen every single year because there's now so oh, many does. talks that go on by so yeah. many activists. It either, it either makes you become an activist or it spurs you on to do it again. Because one of the things I'm looking forward to this year is going to see some talks, mainly like, you know, Earthling Ed and these other activists. And I think it's going to spur me back into getting into activism. So it's like the kick up the ass that I'm going to need. As well as that, yeah. it's also great because we get to go somewhere where we know it's going to be full of vegans. We ain't got to worry about meat being cooked or meat being served up elsewhere. And it's a bit of a let loose down for all of us. Like, how, why do people shit on this? I do not know. It ain't perfect. It can't be perfect. We don't live in a perfect world. Yeah. It, no, it's an absolute game changer. You're right. And just on that jealousy thing, right? It is. I posted a status the other day. I uh, saying like, it seems to be the mantra in the vegan movement right now is support vegan businesses, 
until they get successful. Because <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. if, if the camp out was this tiny little thing, if the t- like it was in 2016, which was the first 16, ever one, yeah. which you didn't go to, no, that no. was like that was literally like a few hundred people in a field. Was you I mean, there for that one? Yeah, I was. That was that yeah. was brilliant as well. Um, that <laughs> just a big what, pisser, basically. In the it park. was. It was a big piss up <laughs> with just one food stall, Lee. One food stall, and just a bunch of people getting pissed in a field and a little music tent. That was it. Nice. Love it, it was hilarious, and you know there was no, you know, I, I think people were quite, you know, passionate then about, yeah, oh, yeah, support this. This sounds like a cool idea. Then the minute it got like big, big now it's this. Yeah. Now Jordan's this like evil capitalist, like you know, maniac who wants yeah. world domination or something, and it's you know on this point of jealousy it's natural and it's fine actually to be jealous it's just how we use that jealousy use it 100 yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. if someone asked me george are you jealous of lee or of jordan for having a good business and living a, <laughs> like a good i'm like yeah for sure i am but that doesn't mean i'm gonna tear them down it's like jealousy no, in a good no. way. it's like well done kind of thing i wish yeah, that yeah, yeah. like we wish that we had um you know better lives in many ways that's absolutely fine but that's like the, the 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 goal there is then fucking better yourself. Don't do what's called tall poppy syndrome and just fucking start tearing each tearing other people down. Why yeah. aren't we wishing success on other vegans? Don't we yeah, yeah. want Jordan to do well with this? Don't we yeah. want the camp out to take off and be even bigger than it is? It's just crazy to me. It's like it's like we're stepping backwards as a fucking movement. We want veganism to get bigger. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, firstly, I'm not envious or jealous of Jordan because I see the amount of shit he has to go through and no doubt well, the amount of work he has to put into that fucking campaign now, considering how big it's getting. And I'm not particularly envious of that. Although I could, I yeah, this is a different subject, but I could see maybe me, like that's something that I could see helping me out, like helping out with. I see that and I'm like, that is something that could explode. You could mm-hmm. that could be two days potentially. You could split that up and you could make two. You could do it earlier in the summer, later in the summer, and have two festivals potentially. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that's a different subject. But um, there's that again coming back to mindset. When I first started my property business, um, you one thing I got taught is you're never going to be rich and successful if you are envious of the rich and successful. You've got to change your mindset, and rather than get annoyed mm-hmm. and angry at people that are rich or successful. You've got to ask, how did they do that? You've got to get up close to them, see what they do. If you want to be successful, you've got to learn from successful people. So that's, I kind of like switch my mindset around that because you're never going to be rich if you envy the rich, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that was something not I had to do at the start. But it's, it's, it's sad because when he, obviously 2016 and 17, I don't know this for sure, but I heard that they lost money at those first two camp outs. They didn't. Jordan, his sister, whoever it was that started Camp Out, they didn't look at it and go, I know how we've become successful and rich. We'll start this festival in a field with 200 people. We're bound to make loads. They didn't do that. They did it because they, they saw it as being a good thing and something that people could take a lot of benefit from. Yeah. They didn't think, oh, I know, we can make loads of money from this. And even if they did, like, I know loads of people that have vegan businesses and I tip my hat to them. If they've built a business that takes care of them, and they've got money behind them that's fucking great what they choose to do with it is their business at the end of the day if the business is strong it's a vegan business so it's only a good thing if they want to treat themselves to whatever that might be or if they want to give every single penny of it to a sanctuary that is their business i'm not going to judge them i don't give every single penny i earn sanctuaries i give what i can i always think i could give more as we all fucking do right we all have that hang up in our head that we could probably give more so I'm not going to judge anybody by what they give to people because I don't know what their financial issue is. I don't know what 
happened in the past, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, what's going on now? So it's it's sad to see so many people judging Jordan because it's doing well. Because he's yeah. put, I would assume he's put a fucking lot of effort in for that doing well the way it is now. Oh, he goes through so much stress every year to to put it together. And um, the next thing I was going to ask you, th- this could be related. Doesn't have necessarily have to be related to money or that that kind of stuff. But what would what would you say is the main issue holding back the animal rights movement right now? I mean, I've been out of it for a little while, so it's 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 hard to say exactly. But the issue that I've always found is just supporting one another, or at least just not like you said, pulling each other down. Just yeah. if you're not particularly, there's certain organisations out there that are in the animal rights movement that I am not particularly, I don't think the way they're doing it is particularly great, but I am not going to pull them down. I'm not going to, I'm just not going to get involved with them. And if I've got any issues and I know someone that's involved with it, I'll speak to them directly. I will not jump on social media and just start plastering abuse or shit about them. Like I got so angry when I saw a photo, uh, was it last week, week before it was, uh, it must've been outside Stanford Hall and they've got some guys with some guns that are just about to go shooting or something. And it's a vegan camp out supporting animal abuse since 2016 or something like that. And I was like, are you fucking for real? Like, mm. it's so ridiculous. And then I just skimmed the surface of it. Like, I know you delved into it a lot more, but I just put out there like, what the fuck are you all talking about? Do you, do you know another venue? that you could find that is completely vegan friendly in the UK. Like it doesn't exist. Are you fucking nuts? Um, and there were some ridiculous comments. One person, this is why I just gave up. One person was like, has anyone contacted Lewis Hamilton? Maybe he's got something. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Lewis Hamilton, who's one of the most famous people in the world. We're just going to drop him a message and be like, have you got any spare bits of land laying around the <laughs> we UK? We can use your garden, Lewis Hamilton. Fucking it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious that they actually think that's something they could ask him. It's just ridiculous. The, um, mind, you know, the, my, my favourite one, this is like my favourite little conspiracy theory about the camp out is that Earthling Ed works undercover for MI7 and um, Viva is a like a government military programme or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it sounds it sounds pretty cool. Like, yeah, that Earthling Ed and MI7, I could probably even envision that, but... Um, yeah, it, it's it's fucking nuts. Some of the things you hear, but again, this isn't necessarily just in the vegan movement. It might just be in society in general. It probably is, but it's just a shame that, uh, like I said earlier, um, uh, the thing that we're fighting for is so emotional for us. It is life and death. You would have thought that we can all just kind of put our little differences aside and just fucking clog together and do shit. And if you're not happy with how other people are doing it, chat to them, try and understand it, but don't just bash them and tear them down i don't see how that helps anyone like people were saying about how we should all go to um sanctuary festivals and i've been to one i've been to a friend down south and it was great but there are a number of flaws that i can see with that that again i'm not going to go online and i'm not going to start plastering things about these sanctuaries if i've got any problems i'll go to them i'll talk to the people that run the sanctuaries and ask them the issues that i've got but they've got animals on them you can't expect to have ten thousand people on a fucking sanctuary like it's just Mm. it's not practical so that that is not a replacement in my opinion yeah and it won't work no and i don't like i say i've got a few issues around potentially animal sanctuaries having festivals um yeah. but uh yeah it, it's just i like i say i just dipped into it slightly and i was quickly like this is exactly why i didn't fucking get involved in the why i come out of the animal rights movement because it's just so fucking toxic i don't understand why people get so angry at all this stuff and from what i can tell you'll probably correct me on this but the place that camp out is um going to happen this year they've actually agreed to not do any more 
of the thing that everyone's getting hung up about. Is that right? Like they're not doing any more shooting? Um, shootings? Apparently, sh- I think shoots will can continue. I think they've banned specifically hunts or something. I mean, it's, you know, right. whatever. They're still going to... The, the murderous activities will long continue there. Course, whether yeah. camp out's there or not. It's a non-vegan venue and they just take they take money for weddings. If you want to shoot some fucking animals there, if you probably want to fish yeah. there, they'll they'll ta- they'll do yeah. they'll host whatever you fucking pay them for. But yeah, what course, people yeah. are understanding is when you buy a ticket to camp out, you're not funding the shoots any more than you're paying for someone else's wedding because wedding yeah, yeah, happening there. It's it's a venue in a non-vegan country that allows vegan events and non-vegan events. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, mate, the haters are gonna hate. And this, if I ever get a chance to speak to Jordan, I just might say this to him next time. Like, just you just gotta get on with it. Like, there's always gonna be people that are trying to pull you down. Try not to waste too much effort or energy into it, and um, and and just crack on. Like, like you say, there's what is it? There's V Fest that's done at um, somewhere in Kenston, I think it is. Again, that'll be at a venue. That, that was at has... a fishing lake last year. Yeah. So, so it's just like <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. Like we live on a tiny island as well, with limited bits of land. Like, what do people seriously think? There's just bits of land mm. laying around out there that have got electricity, toilet, showers that don't have any links or have any non. <laughs> They're just reserved specifically for vegans, Lee. <laughs> it's just fucking mad. And I don't like. I don't understand what goes through people's mind. Like, just talk, think about this rationally. Yeah. Where do you expect it to be? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lee, we're, we're coming to the end of the podcast now. So before we go, <laughs> I'll ask you just what is your what if you could just give one tip, one your biggest one tip for someone who wants to leave their nine to five or the night shift or whatever it is they're doing in their soul destroying job and be, become successful, be their own boss, set up their own business. What is that one tip that you would give them? Um, I think at the start I spoke about it, like mindset and um like to start with, when I got my business proper started, I, I shut off listening to friends and family because they just weren't giving me what I needed, which was uh, help, inspiration, ideas. Um, and I spent a lot of time on YouTube. That's where I found people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. like people that can inspire you and keep you motivated and keep you going. That would probably be my biggest tip to start with, like get around people like that, get those kind of words and thoughts going through your head rather than Bob down the pub who's been at the same job for the last 40 years. You go and talk to him about starting a business and he's going to tell you that you're mad, that you're stupid, that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Same thing, unfortunately, is probably going to happen with your partner or your, your mum or dad. Like, again, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time where you've just got to shut those voices off and just concentrate on people that do keep you going mm-hmm. um, and just make sure that you, you don't give up. Yeah. Well, Lee... Um... Thank you for your sanity in this world and in this movement <laughs> where there's so toxic, so much toxic toxicity. Uh, and I really yeah. appreciate you coming on the show and not only helping vegans by giving your advice from the business side of things, but also giving your opinion on the ongoing dramas uh, in the movements and that. And I, I just want to thank you for, for your input in the movement. I know you said you haven't been active on the streets for a while, but you're still putting your money into just causes. And yeah, I want to thank you for that. So thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you, mate. That. Absolutely. No problem. Pleasure.